Hello, folks. Thank you for listening to Christ Church at Grow Farm Sermon Podcast. As we enter into Holy Week, we will be hearing messages from our Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday services. If you would like more information about Christ Church at Grow Farm, or would like to connect with our pastors, staff, or ministry leaders, I would encourage you to visit our website, ccgf.org. Enjoy the messages from this week. Grace and peace to you. We now come to the fifth word of Jesus on the cross. It's found in John 19:28. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. Hear those words. I am thirsty. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I would just ask right now that you'd forgive me and cleanse me of any sin and fill me with your spirit and you would speak through me to your people. And we as your people wouldn't just be hearers of your word, we would be doers of it. And you wouldn't just stir us, but that you would change us. For Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Medical experts tell us that our bodies are made up of about 40% bone, tendons, and flesh, and so on. They also tell us that 60% of our bodies are made up of water. So if you're 150 pounds, you have 12 gallons of water in your body. 12 gallons. That means that you and I are basically walking, talking water balloons. Now think about that. Or maybe we shouldn't. But experts tell us that we have 40 days we can live without food, but only three days that we can live without water. So as a car needs oil, our bodies need water. You have to have water in your system to live. Jesus has gone 20 hours without anything to drink. He's been beaten and whipped and he's lost unbelievable amounts of blood. Been nailed to a cross and he's hanging on that cross in the heat of the day. He is without question physically dehydrated. He is parched. But in the very beginning of the crucifixion, the soldiers tried to give Jesus something to drink, but he refused it. In Mark 15, 23, it says, the soldiers offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he didn't take it. Even though he was dehydrated, he didn't take this drink. Most scholars believe that these last three sayings that Jesus says, this one be one of them, I thirst, in the next two you're about to hear, were said in the last seconds of his life. So why did Jesus say now that he was thirsty? He's been on the cross for six hours, refused the first drink, and now in the last seconds of his life, he's saying, I thirst. Well, John 19, 28 tells us why. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. Notice the word says, so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. What's that all about? For thousands of years, God kept telling the nation of Israel in the Old Testament that he was going to send a Messiah. He was going to send the Savior of the world. And that he would fulfill all the prophecies foretold in the Old Testament. So for thousands of years, God was telling the Jewish people that they would know the true Messiah. The true Messiah would fulfill all the prophecies foretold in the Old Testament. Scholars debate on how many prophecies. They say that there's 300. And 31, some say there's 360, 360, some say there's 
over 380 prophecies. But no matter how many prophecies there are, this is the truth. Jesus Christ fulfilled every one of them. Jesus Christ fulfilled every one of them. Matter of fact, Jesus, the fifth word on the cross, is fifth, that, that word right there when he says, I thirst, that's a fulfillment of prophecy foretold in Psalm 69, 21. It says, they put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. He said, I'm thirsty, and they offered him vinegar. What in the world is a jar of vinegar doing at an execution site? Think of the odds of someone giving someone who's dying vinegar to drink. Well, historians tell us that the drink that Jesus was given was called Pascha. Pascha was a very popular drink in Greece and Rome, Rome at that time. It was a standard drink that the Roman soldiers would be given. And what was Pascha? Pascha, it was wine that had gone bad, and they mixed the bad wine with water, like vinegar, and threw some herbs in it, and they called it Pascha. I remember back in those days, the water you, you, you didn't want to drink. So you had to mix it up. Well, this vinegar-like substance was given to Jesus, and can you imagine? This was foretold hundreds of years before that drink was ever, invent, ever invented, hundreds and hundreds of years before the crucifixion was ever inv invented, but yet the prophets foretold that Jesus Christ would be crucified and they would give him vinegar. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I love what Max Lucado says in his book, He Chose the Nails. I quote, Why in his final moments was Jesus determined to fulfill a prophecy? He knew we would doubt. He knew we would question. And since he did not want our heads to keep his love from our hearts, he used his final moments to offer proof that he was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. You know, I think that there are those of us who are here tonight, some of us, if not all of us, at one time or another, we questioned we doubted whether Jesus was the Messiah, whether he was really the Son of God. And I want to encourage you tonight. The next time you begin to think or question or someone begins to question who Jesus is, you remember that the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled every prophecy in his lifetime that's found in the Old Testament. Every one of them. And then remember this word, I thirst. When he said, I thirst, what he's saying to you and to me, to all of us. I am who I said I am. I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. I am the Savior of the world. So when Jesus says the fifth word, I thirst, it shows that he really is and was the promised Messiah. But you know, Jesus isn't just fulfilling prophecy. He's fulfilling the plan of salvation. Remember what Jesus said. In John chapter 7, 37 and 38, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. What Jesus is saying is, I alone can quench your spiritual thirst. I alone can give to you eternal life. You see, Jesus is physically dehydrated for us. 
He got, he's gone thirsty for our benefit. Theologians call this redemptive suffering. Redemptive suffering. What Jesus is doing on the cross, he's suffering not for his sins. He's suffering on our behalf. He's suffering for our sins. He'd never done anything wrong. He'd never sinned. So why are they crucifying? Why? Because he's dying for the redemption of others. He's paying for our penalty. We broke the laws, not him. He's gone thirsty for our benefit. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died to cover our sin. He died to save you and me. Back in 1987, a plane took off and only was able to fly for less than a minute, and it crashed. 150 people died. One person survived. A little girl, four years old. Her name was Cecilia. The authorities couldn't figure out how she could have survived until they talked to her. What she explained was what her mother did as the plane was de descending, as it was declining. As it began to decline, everybody realized that they were going to crash. Cecilia's mother took off her seatbelt, turned around, got in front of her child, surrounded her, her with her arms, her legs, her body. If you will, she smothered this little one with her, with her love in, order to, in hopes that she could save her daughter. Well, the mother died. The little girl lived. The mother gave her life, and a daughter lives. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did for you and me. He went to the cross. He's on that cross going through hell so we don't have to. He's on that cross, and he's thirsting on our behalf because he wants to cover us from the punishment, the flames, the pain, of our sin in hell. It truly shows us how much Jesus loved us. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. See, Jesus is saying, I thirst, I thirst so that I can ultimately satisfy your spiritual thirst. You see, there's a God-shaped vacuum in us. There's a God-shaped hole within us. God wired us that way. We are spiritual beings. But when we sin, we're broken from God. And now there's a hole in each and every one of us. There's an emptiness. There's a thirst, a spiritual thirst, that no one or nothing can fulfill other than Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can quench that thirst. No one else can, nothing else can, your salary can't, your status can't, your salary can't, your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your job, can't do that. Alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, will never, ever satisfy you, will never fill that up. The only one that can quench your thirst, your spiritual thirst, is the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you came in here tonight, and you were thinking in your mind, or you were feeling inside of you, that your life is boring, you're unhappy, 
You're unfulfilled. You're not satisfied. You're at the end of your rope. You're empty and you're thinking to yourself, there's got to be more in life. All of that, all of that, what that all is, is you spiritual, spiritually thirsting. You're thirsty. And the only one that can fill that up, only one that can quench that thirst, is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Every word from the scriptures, every word we're talking about tonight is an invitation. It's an invitation for you to have a personal relationship with Jesus. For he is the one who can forgive you. He is the one that can set you free. He's the one who can deliver you. He's the one who can give you eternal life. He's the one that will help you know for certain that heaven will be your home. He's the one who conquered your sin and death, and he's alive. Not there yet. That's Sunday, I know. But he wants a relationship with you. Pastor Craig and Pastor John are going to give you that invitation at the end of the service. But look right here. Don't miss it. Take it. For tomorrow is promised to no one. To no one. Let's pray. O oh Lord Jesus Christ, who even though you wonderfully fashioned all things, stooped to take upon yourself human form, and being found in human form, endured the cross, despising its shame. We love you for every parched and painful moment spent on our behalf, that we might drink of the water of life freely and live. Even as your strength was dried up like a potsherd and your tongue cleaved to the jaws of your mouth, it was that springs of living water might well up within us unto eternal life. With grateful hearts, we praise you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.